Counterpress Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho from, I believe, Sacramento. Do I have that right? So it's Lodi, California in the oh, middle Lodi. of Lodi, right? The song stuck in Lodi again. So, you know, the, the CCL loss just had me on the road driving driving <laughs> north to nowhere. So this is currently where I am. No, um, in all seriousness, I'm up here visiting, the, visiting my family, spending time with them up here. Um, so it's been good getting to see my daughter, you know, hang out with her grandparents and be in the pool all day long. So it's a nice yeah. little summer trip. Yeah. Well, Josh, uh, LAFC take what feels a lot like a scoreless loss, <laughs> a nil-nil loss uh, against Atlanta at home. Um, the team, I felt like, looked good for the most part. Like, I mean, defended well, no shots on goal, um, attacked plenty, and you know, created, created a fair amount of chances. We can talk about how they're creating chances and whether or not it's the best way. Um, Brad Guzan had a bunch of saves tonight. Uh, Carlos Vela missed two penalties. So when you, when you watch the game, it feels like LAFC should be winning and they just can't find the back of the net. Um, so it ends up feeling a lot like a loss. Yeah. I mean, is it possible for a game to be, simultaneously frustrating as well as promising all at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Is is a lot how this one felt, right? Where like you're saying, like it there's there's there was a lot of it it was good to see the boys out there looking like themselves again. Mm-hmm. Yet also frustrating that some of the things that plagued them even in that CCL final and you know and in some of these tighter, tighter games that we've seen earlier through the year are becoming more and more apparent now. Because again, as we head further into the season, the the playbook is going to be out on LAFC, right? We saw it last year, right? We started off really well. You go through this summer period where it is it, it can be brutal for whatever reason, right? And then you have to come out into that home stretch ready to roll, right? And again, I think the tough thing is going to be how do you pick your head up after, you know, after a tough loss in, in the final yet at the same time, meh, you know, um, basically, you know, like you said, we're, we are expecting there to be some kind of movement over the summer, over the summer transfer window. How do you integrate that new, those new pieces as well while trying to find your rhythm and, you know, find your rhythm as you head into that final phase of the season. Um, especially when you're, dealing with something strange like the the league's cup in the middle of the season as well yeah right so um again like i think there's there's a there's a lot there's a lot to look forward to still right but again i think we 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 were faced with the same the same questions continue to be asked um that after the final right there were this wasn't a game that answered very many of those questions that we all were, we all had after dropping the game, the final to Leon. Yeah. I, I feel like there's some important context to help people realize like what, like why everybody's probably feeling so down on LAFC, right? The last couple of times we've seen them, it's been LAFC two uh, in the open cup. Right. And again, they won against Monterey lost against the galaxy. But again, it was another one of those games where it was a good game played well 
and they did about as well as you would ex- you would expect, right? Eventually, Galaxy broke break through, and then you see the full squad go out against Leon and get beat twice. Um, so the last couple, you know, it's like three straight losses. I think I don't think we've had a league game since then. Um, so, but there's like a lot of context around those, right? Where you have your second squad out there playing against MLS players, and then you're playing in a continental environment where MLS rosters are going to be hamstrung against, against that level of talent. Um, there was a lot made about Steve Terundolo's comments about, about the amount of money that LAFC has to spend against, you know, comparatively to Leon. I don't think LAFC and Leon are the best example of that. <laughs> it's not like they're going up against America or, or, or Tigres, right? Is it's, Leon doesn't, you know, we're paying Aaron Long more than every single player on Leon except two, right? So there are restrictions that come into play. But anyway, so there's all these extenuating circumstances that kind of add to the context. And so to see them come out and back into league play and look rather dominant again, you know, when you look at the game as a whole and how they created and how they, how the press was so much more effective than we've seen it be in the past few weeks. Uh, I think there are promising signs, especially when you consider the fact that like Acosta's out, Tillman's out, Vela doesn't start. Although maybe that's maybe that's the way it needs to be from now on, right? You're missing Chiellini. Long is out. Um, McCarthy's still your goalkeeper, right? So there's you're still you're still kind of rotated, uh, not by choice, but um, I feel like that context matters in evaluating what what we saw tonight. But I, I think it is important to acknowledge that there were promising signs from this team and, and what it means for play both in the league and looking forward to the playoffs at the end of the year. Absolutely. The, the, the one caveat I'll give is that one of the guys who looked rather promising tonight is a guy that we've been extremely hard on over the last couple of weeks, right? That Steve being Rose, one, I would imagine Jose Cifuentes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who, who looked like the Sifu that we expected to leave a year ago. Right, too much fanfare, you know, only for him to, you know, lose his starting position and just kind of not look quite himself. I mean, the decision making, obviously, he still has his moments, right? But the decision making was quicker. He he played with confidence and he looked like the Sifu of old, right? That that looked like a world beater. And, you know, again, maybe maybe it's him knowing that there's no one behind him tonight, right? That's, (laughs) you know. (laughs) <laughs> right that Kellen Acosta can be looking over his shoulder from the bench yeah I mean I guess street clothes I, I guess I guess Christostomo came in for him late anyways <laughs> but at the same time it's like you knew you knew, he asked for that I, stuff. You know, he asked for that yeah, one yeah. for sure right so at that point right you knew it was this was his opportunity to really show out and and show what he was all about right which even when given that opportunity in the past couple games he hasn't quite you know just hasn't quite you know, shown up to be the guy that we had come to expect. Now, that could change, right? All 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 signs point in, and this this may be, you know, maybe we've gone down this road before, and things have changed in the last minute. But all signs do point to him heading, you know, heading out to Rangers, right? Right. Um, right. 
and so that does add a question now create another question about the midfield and what what do we actually have there right because there's some reports coming out of spain right about a backup six which would be which is great because i think we definitely need to give Ilya a rest and if you bring in another quality guy they can basically split the two minutes between them cool mm-hmm. right that like now you're in that timeshare right but now you have you know spots on the on at fullback that are now a question mark right because um palencia is you know out and seemingly for a while right we obviously we don't know the extent quite yet i don't think right they don't i don't think we've seen an f- official announcement not an official announcement the reports after the match and kind of like following the game were were that he had a broken ankle um, yeah so, so it, depending on surgical intervention or, or you know it's a broken ankle you almost assume that there is going to be some sort of hardware involved um but geez, man just, it's tough yeah. to know i mean yeah even if even if it's just like a minor fibular fracture right you're still looking at six to eight weeks at yeah. minimum well right? that's so, just a fuse right that's yeah. not rehab mm-hmm. and so that's why you know if you're looking at an extended period of time so that just throw a wrench into your plans you know, to your transfer plans. Because again, I don't think we don't have an IR, right? In the same, or do they? I mean, they don't have like a, the, are you talking about LAFC having somebody like in the wings that you're going to? No, I mean, is there an IR that allows you to take the him off the books? Oh, no, from I don't a, think so. No. There isn't, right? So you're, you know, you're going to be in a bit of a crunch because again, without, even with whatever money, you can get you do get on the sell on that from Chicho coming back to RSL, right? Which tonight, man, that's just <laughs> what what a series of calamitous news after you know this week for LAFC. Um, I don't know if it's still going to be you're going to get enough allocation money to be able to cover what you need to be able to cover in the long run, right? I I do question you know again, is there going to be enough there? Or are we gonna have to get in, or or is JT gonna have to pull another one out of his hat right? again? Because it's, it it's always tough when you're dealing with you know with MLS funny money because we just ne- we never know what's available, mm-hmm. right? But the the report early on in the year was that there just there wasn't very much, and that was why they had initially had to sell Chicho, right? Then you brought in a few guys that have worked out quite well, but still, again, I think in you know like now. Again, it, it makes that Chicho loss, you know, the the last couple games make that Chicho loss a little bit tough, a tougher pill to swallow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, plenty to talk about in terms of roster construction and everything. I I don't know that that's exactly the discussion for tonight. I, I do think the Chicho talk is relevant because the, you know, the because of the RSL announcement. And I think I think you you need a guy like him. In a in a match like this against Atlanta, I, because here's the thing that I've noticed: the more that I watch LAFC play this year, and you talked about a playbook being out. Leon did this uh, to pretty good effect. Uh, Atlanta, it was very obvious that Atlanta were not going to throw bodies forward, and that anytime the ball was turned over, they don't necessarily pressure the ball right away. They're not looking to counter press and win it back. Right? They're looking to regain their shape and and clog the middle because and they're they're more than happy to let wingers dribble down the wing and as long as they have 
guys in position to help defend the goal, they're okay with that. And you see it in especially the way they defend uh, Mahalo Poku, where they just kind of, they'll let him have even the half space, right? As long as the fullback is inside of him, goal side, they'll let, they'll let him dribble on and on and on. And he ends up with a shot on goal from the half space, but it's like, that's an easy save. So it's one of these things where Brad Guzan makes a ton of saves, but his back line is doing a great job at funneling the play because LAFC are so predictable in the attack and it is so direct to goal. Like they turn the ball over and it like that guy that won the ball is going to dribble at goal. That's it. If there's a second pass, we're like breaking new ground, right? Typically it's that guy dribbles to goal and shoots. Um, Well, let me ask you this question, right? Is, is this an, is this actually a new playbook on how to stop LEFC or is this actually just been the same game plan, but instead of Chicho, it's Boanga this year, right? In terms of the, in my opinion, it looks like when you really look over the last two years, right? You, when LEFC struggled, the game plan and game model looks very similar, Right, where it's very direct, very lack of creativity in the final third. You know, very, very it, it's straight, it, it'll like it seems like their intent is to put personnel stress on the other team as opposed to positional, positional stress. Yeah, I mean, they're right? definitely, they're definitely not going to be circulating the ball. I thought that like in the second half, they did a decent job of this actually, where they would actually put their foot on the ball once they got into the final third. And it's like, if it wasn't on, they were actually willing to swing it back and start changing the point of attack through the midfield. Right. And a lot of attacking opportunities came from that. And it's kind of like, look, if the first, if the first attack isn't on again, for me, for me, the way I see the game, if that first attack isn't on, don't push that advantage farther than, like to the point where it where that advantage evaporates. And what I mean by that is like if a winger picks up the ball in space and can't get around the defender, don't just keep dribbling towards the end line. Like do something you have to pick up your head and you have to combine. You have to go two V one if that guy's got you covered. Or you need to recycle and change the point of attack, like I mentioned. But so much is just a poku gets on the ball, drives a goal, and shoots. Boanga gets the ball and he drives a goal, and if it's not on, he's going to cut back and cut back and cut back again. And when Boanga is on, like he can make he can make a lot of those of those opportunities. We've seen it time and time again. It's it's why he's got so many goals in the league this year. Um, it's why you pay him what you do. But if they if you know if they have four defenders in place, it's going to take something absolutely spectacular from him to to break down an entire back line by himself. Um, so, well, I mean, so here's the thing. So is this where our pragmatism catches up with us, right? And in absence of getting, in, in absence of striking gold and having a non-DP play at a DP level while also having Buanga right. come in late season on the wing and provide you, again, I think Buanga was still doing what Buanga is doing now, right? But when you have Chicho and Vela out there together, when you have the three of those guys out together, it puts a whole different kind of stress on their yeah, back line yeah. without, and you don't, and you're not really asking anyone else to do any more work, right? Because those three, those three, 
from a, like you said, from a qualitative perspective alone, put enough stress on opposing teams versus now, if you were to add another DP forward, right, to complement the two DPs you already have, yeah, does it does it actually change that much? Right? Are yeah, you, are I, you I think it to, does. Are, yeah, because because I don't want, and the reason why I ask is because I th- I do think we've seen a precipitous drop off in the quality of Carlos Vela, yeah, and his ability yeah. to now. You know, now, so so then is it going to take a different type of player to now allow Vela to slide into a different role and still be effective, right? Because again, you know, the way that, Amer- you know, with American, American sports leagues, you're, when max, max, max contract guys, whether it's in whatever the sport may be, right? A franchise tag court, you know, a franchise tag quarterback in the NFL, a super max guy in the NBA, uh, a designated player in Major League Soccer. When that, when those guys don't pan out, you're usually in for a world of hurt. Yeah, right. And I do wonder is the is the quality enough if you add one more player to push it over the top? And where you can still play pragmatic and still get something special, because I think that's that was the beauty of last year, right? Is that you could play pragmatic with everyone else but the front three, mm-hmm. because the front three were special at, right. at, at the end right. of the season, and you had the ability to throw a Gareth Bale on the field at the end of the in, at the end of the match, right? Now let's compare that to this year, where yeah, we have a lot of potential, right? But does does potential and hope win you games? Right. No, this is a good point because I, I think like let's put a fine a fine point on it because I, I think what you're driving at is is probably a, a big part of the issue. Where last year, again, same game model, you've leaned into the counterattacking thing even more this year to good effect so far in the league. Um, you rely on qualitative superiority, right? You get it to those forwards. Carlos, Chicho, Bowanga, and one of Bale, Teo, whoever, right? And it's like you bet on those three against any back four in the league all the time. Whereas now, like, who starts today? Bogic, who's a midfielder. He's not a forward. And Apoku, who is still very young. Although, I I have to say, he's not getting any younger, right? So mm-hmm. we, we excuse a lot of this, but at some point we're going to, just say this is who Apoku is. Apoku is a bit of a speed merchant. Uh, if he if he's in a one on one situation, he's going to create space and and he can absolutely score rockets from unexpected areas of the field. But we're not talking about Carlos Vela. We're not talking about Chicho, right? We're going to get into little positions of little pockets of space, get on the ball, and then create and find the back of the net. That's not who any of those guys are, except for Bowanga. So, uh, you, I think, I think you're right that you do have to help them play out of a bit more structure in the final third, so that they understand. And when I say structure, I just mean like a couple patterns of play, like give, work on a give and go, for if if nothing else, right? Work on a few things to help them combine and get used to seeing that person and you know that teammate in that spot 
that can play me this next ball. Um, just so there's a bit more structure and it's not just, well, we'll see what, we'll see what Mahala does. Oh, we'll see what, what Bogus does. Right. Um, because you're yeah, right. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's Bowanga or bust at this point. Yeah. I mean, we've basically, the offense at this point looks like late nineties, early two thousands NBA hero ball, right? Where <laughs> you have the one just best player in the ISO. field, right? You run <laughs> isolation play and everyone just stands around and watches. Right. And what changed it? Right. Who was what team came in and changed the changed the name of the game? It was when the Warriors came in and they started moving off the ball like mad. Right. Yeah. The one t- thing this team lacks in the final third is any kind of movement. Right. And the one time you, we saw it. Right. And I, I was call me extremely surprised to find Carlos Vela be the one to provide the off ball movement. Yeah. Um, tonight. And and it looked great. Right, it, it looked, it had flashes of brilliance. It looked dangerous. Brad Guzan had to stand on his head, right? But the the few times where he actually came off and they actually there was off the ball movement, it looked good, right? The one, you know, like I said, the one thing that I do, you know, there's very few things that I miss from the Bob Bradley days, right? But the one couple of the things that I missed was the back post run and the center and the and the center forward running across the face of goal to the to the near post, mm-hmm. right? Because it just causes it allows it causes horizontal, vertical and vertical positional stress, right? If you will, yeah. While allowing the while allowing now because of that that positional stress, you've now allowed for that qualitative stress to come center stage, right? And now. Carlos Vela is in a position where he can beat someone one-on-one or he doesn't even have to beat the person one-on-one, right? Because now you move that person a half inch to the right where now he, he you know, maybe he doesn't even need, you know, he, you know, maybe he doesn't have that burst he had before, but maybe it gives him just enough space to get the shot off, right? Versus, again, what we're asking people, asking them to do right now is play the ball out wide at feet and attack direct. Right, and it yeah. either comes off great, and Bonga scores bangers, or a Boku scores bangers, or nothing. Right, and in absence of of Aaron Long being available, your your set piece attacks are going to be a bit toothless as well, right? Because I don't think Maldonado is going to as much, nearly as much of a threat in the air as it was when Mar- with yet Mario Long and Chiellini available. Right, those three are probably your big, you know, if when available are going to cause them problems, you know, in the air. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, it just felt, yeah, it, it feels like they lack a little something and I won and I, but I do wonder what, what type of move it's going to take to overcome what we've lost. Right. And I, again, from a, from when we lost from a personnel perspective in, in Chicho being gone after last year, um, as well, and Gareth Bale for that matter, um, and lastly, and you know the quality and of Carlos Vela has dropped off as well, right? So, what will will can you upgrade the roster and tweak the game plan to either give Carlos and more help in the final third, so he's they're not having to create on their own to make him more effective, and or bring in enough quality where you can revert back to, you know, midfield, you know, basically you're playing with a front three and everyone else is sitting back on defense, right? It's yeah. to be difficult to play through. I don't know. 
Uh, I mean, the 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 real problem is is that you have a DP spot being taken by Vela, who's not producing, right? And the two penalties tonight, I texted Josh as like the scrum was happening. I don't like the fact that Vela is sitting here watching this all take place before he takes his penalty, right? I, because I, I'm, I'm not confident in him taking penalties. I'm just, man, I'm just not. And stutter steps. Luckily, Brad Guzan comes off his line, right? And he gets to retake it. And then he just, I mean, he just blasts it into the stands um, I mean, with he, another stutter, stutter step. Did it to the, into the yeah, mid- I mean, yeah. just, just awful. Two abysmal penalties. Um, and granted, penalties aren't the entire game. They're, it's like one small little thing. It's mostly nerves. But to me, those two penalties were indicative of where we're at at this point. Like, you botch the first one. It's not well taken. And a 38-year-old goalkeeper gets his hands on it, right? And you get a you get a retake, and you can't even put it on frame. Um, man, it's, it's, so he's, that's the first problem is that he's not producing and he's on DP money. Well, and let's put how do way. you, we've also had DPs not producing. We've still won games. I mean, Brian Rodriguez was on this. Team sure. For a while. But you have Carlos Vela produce, you have your other DPs producing. Yes. Right. And you only have Wong at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And no Chicho to make up for a DP, a non DP. You don't have a surprise Tam signing that's yeah. performing like a DP. The other Pseudo problem DP. with it. Is uh, the DP spot that's open is a U22 spot. And when has that worked out? When has the young DP, aside from I mean, Diego Rossi, was at home, was a, just a smash, right? A total success. But the other ones that you that you brought in have not been any good. Now, granted, LAFC, you know, that's they're, they're one for three, essentially, right? On, on these DP, I guess. One for two, one for three, because we should probably put uh, Horta in there, right? On on that quote unquote young DP spot, and I, like, are you are they really going to go find uh, a winger or a striker that's going to make a difference? I I don't think so. I mean, they already brought in Buke and Bogic, who were who were supposed to be you know wingers. And they're, I think they're fine, but it's not like, you know, they're not going to take, I don't, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see them finding a young DP who's going to play the nine and do something incredible. I just don't, because I, I don't think those guys are out there. No, and I, I think your best case scenario is that DP spot goes to another midfielder, right? That replaces Sifu, right? And then you try and go out and get a Gareth Bale type of signing at. Yeah, I'm yeah. signing um, in at the forward position because I I don't like you're saying like you we don't need a project we need someone clinical, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? That like again the reason why last year those three were able to stress defenses on their own is because all three of those guys were clinical and they're nasty when it comes in in the final third, and again did they play well together? I don't know. I, I was never really sold on on Chicho playing great with Carlos Vela, right? But, yeah. However, it didn't really matter because those three could do things that no one else could in the league, right? 
um, when it all when it, when it all came down to it. So again, I, I think you're a bit hamstrung there, but I I do think it speaks to the larger problem of again you have to do one of two things. You either have to just improve the personnel altogether, which is going to be difficult, right? As we've which as we've laid out. Or you're going to have to add a little something to the game model that just gives them more support. Yeah, I mean, I think the answer is clearly both, right? You're going to have to, because whoever it is that comes in, it's going to take some time to integrate. When Carlos is on the field, he's not as effective as he once was. And like, you're still going to give minutes to Buke and Apoku and like the younger guys. So you still have to add some some structure. And just by adding some structure, I think you're going to help make them a little less predictable, which kind of sounds oxymoronic this idea that like we're going to have a couple combinations that we that we play here and there we're going to have some structure that we play out of but again the the attacking game plan at this point seems to be find the outlet pass as fast as possible whoever you get it to dribble as fast as possible direct to goal and see what's yeah. there and no. that that's it like that's that's the extent of what they do so that's what are your change. What are your thoughts on if they if the direction they decide to go would be Sifu, you know, Sifu leaves, right? You move Bogus back into the midfield as I your attacking shuttler yeah. person opposite of Acosta, who who now is it's him and Tillman in that in that role, right? And they those two fight it out for for whatever that may be. And then you go out and you use your your whatever money, big signings you have left to get another, you know, an, uh, a Tam, a Tam nine and another deep young DP forward and just yeah. throw the, and throw it all out, you know, and, and really go all out. I mean, at, is at that, point, is that enough in the midfield? I mean, it, yeah, absolutely. It's enough. I mean, because we've seen that we've seen the midfield already with Acosta Tillman and, and, uh, and Ilya, that, that that midfield is enough in in MLS play, right? And then also Easy. bring in potentially the the backup time sharing six, right? Right, absolutely. Because then because then you have two sixes that you can trust. You have three eights that you can trust, and really four because I I think at this point like one person we need to shout out on the show is is Eric Duenas because he was phenomenal tonight. Just it's another, yeah, right. So, so good and saucy and too. Well, yeah. So like you can move Sifu, um, especially if Bogic is in the plan as a midfielder, which I think that's his best spot. Want to? I want to point out one thing where he does find good space coming out of the midfield. You know, he's kind of he's kind of pressing at where when he's playing at the nine today, kind of dropping into the midfield, whatever. Uh, when Sifu played that cross in, in the first half and it's bogus on the back post, like running from the midfield to the back post, like that's, that's it right there. That's what you need from a midfielder. Those are the, like, that's the kind of space you need to see them understand and get to. Um, Sifu, like you said, had a great game also. And it's just because he's playing, he's playing early balls, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's not him driving the ball 60 yards at goal again, because this is the attacking game plan. It's get the ball, drive to goal. But like, if he finds Carlos on an outlet pass and then continues his run, now he can be a threat in the box yeah. as well. No, again, if Carlos is not available, by all means, take that run, right? But what he was doing was taking the run regardless of anyone was there. Yeah, like yeah. That. But I mean, you you see him indecisive in front of the in front of the box too, where it's like, do I 
do I continue to dribble? Do I shoot? Do I cross? Do I pass? Do I, do my, should I recycle this ball? Where it's like on that cross that he plays in for Pogic, it's just like somebody's over there. I'm playing it. Right. So yeah. it like, that's so encouraging to me to see him doing those things. Um, I think the last point I want to make on this idea that if the break isn't on, they don't know what to do. They play so much through the left-hand side to Diego Palacios, right? And Palacios has been great about it, especially about getting around the inline. Today, Atlanta did a good job of staying in front of the left winger, whoever that was. And when Palacios was on the ball, they'd bring a midfielder over and just park him in front of him. And you'd see Palacios, he always does the same move where it's a body feint to the right and then a body feint to the left. And if he doesn't get them, if he doesn't bait them, then it's like, okay, now I got to get this ball and recycle it again. It's like a tell. It's like a tell in poker for him where if he's covered up and doesn't know what to do, body feint to the right, body feint to the left. When it's like the midfield should be moving over to support him and let's combine. Let's pass the ball around a little bit to move that defender out of the way rather than your left back trying to do body feints while he's not even moving, right? He's literally standing still and doing these body feints from a standing position. So... I just want to see more combination play. I want to see I want to see more positional play trying to create positional advantages in the final third. But yeah, um, and again, that's enough on that really, I guess. I also I also don't need a significant amount more, right? Where you're you're leaving yourself exposed. Yeah, right? yeah, right, right. But right. you can you can you can I think if especially when you're playing that double, you know, when you're in that somewhat of like a double pivot where you or or just like accosted knowing doing a really good job of, of flattening out accordingly when when the uh, when the opposite eight pushes forward right um that's basically it right it's like allow whether it be Boguts or Tillman or Sifu to to now link up with those you know in with the front you know with the front five essentially right yeah. uh, with those yeah. fullbacks pushed up while the two midfielders sit right and right now it's a lot there's just not enough of it yeah so yeah, I mean, I yeah, I I don't need them to become like a Spanish style possess the ball at all cost, seventy percent possession team. I just like I just want them to take a breath sometimes when the attack isn't on, and find a new advantage to try and to try and win. But anyway, um. Other good games, it was great to see Mario and Maldonado. I thought they were a good partnership. I thought Maldonado uh, was good on the ball. They definitely pressed him, and especially in the first half. They pressed him really hard, and I thought he did a decent job. McCarthy with his feet still scares me. He's your backup goalkeeper, so whatever. Um, anything else you want to get into before questions here, Josh? No. I mean, I think, again, it's... This is the one where, like I said, you you hope that they it builds in the right direction. You know, like I said, we've seen some positives, we saw some negatives, but you hope that they're able to continue to build on those things and not dwell on some of the negativity that's been surrounding the team. Yeah, um, yeah. Post yeah. CCL. Yep. Plenty of positives, some frustration, and where we are getting to the point where we can draw some conclusions about like you guys need to find a better way to attack the goal, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. First one, Jonathan at Boozology. Kept them without a shot on goal. Again, critical. Dominated most of the game. Gusan was sensational. Vela was not. If only we had a Chicho. 
uh, yeah, there's, there's just not many shots coming from the middle because everything comes from the wings, right? So that, uh, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, we spoke, we spoke largely to this where, again, if, if Vela is not doing, you know, if Vela is not that guy that's going to do it on his own, you're going to have to push someone up for it to, to just complete it, right? Again, yeah. it doesn't mean that Vela can't still be effective. It just is probably at a point in his career where he's not going to be effective. You know, it's, it, it's watching an aging superstar who could once blow right by every single, you know, every defender now need a little bit more combination to work their magic. Yeah. Right. And yeah. there's just not a combination to work at the moment. Yeah. Uh, next one comes from shoulder to shoulder. Uh, how worried are we about Carlitos? I'm worried um, enough to say you have to fix the DP contract. He can't be a DP. He can't be. Unless in the second half of the season, he turns it back on and like finds that extra gear again. But he can't be a DP for me. I, I mean, again, I don't, I don't know if there's anything you can do about it, right? I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a, you can buy that down because of the way that the roster yeah. rules work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the, again, I think that's why I think the solution has to eventually come from a shift in the in the game in the game plan and the understanding where again it's just like you know carlos is still capable of doing good things it's just yeah. a matter of what what you allow him to work with right or are you going to ask him to do it on the you know again he, we know he's not going to be able to do the heavy lifting on his own right that's what buanga is now here for mm -hmm. the question is can you now provide him a platform to at least give you what he can and I don't I, like again. The current model doesn't allow him to do that at all. I thought he looked good as a thirty-minute sub today. Hmm? Penalty and like not putting away the offside chance aside, like that's a that's a problem with finishing that we've talked about before. But like this looked better from him tonight, and it does make me wonder if he can move into that kind of role or if it's needed. I don't, I don't know, but I, yeah, I would say I'm worried enough to be thinking I'm not going to sign another DP contract with him. So, yeah. um, at yo-yo Tori 66, eight shots on goal with a crying emoji. LAFC need help. I think we kind of answered this one already, but yeah. Uh, it's either the, either they need help or they need to, they need to shift how their approach. One of the two. Yep. I, th yep. I think I think a little bit, like you were saying, a little bit of both will actually take this team to a whole other level. Yeah. If they can manage to do some, just add some pieces while simultaneously, you know, tweaking it just a hair to give them something, another gear, um, you know, and what that what that ultimately means remains to be seen. Yeah. Christopher Colonna. Is it finally time for this move? Oh, man, there's a lot of this. Is it finally time for this club to move on from Vela? More and more, the guy looks washed. He's been an absolute legend, but it feels like it's time to find a proper replacement. I mean, like you said, I think I think Bawanga is the actual Vela replacement, right? Mm -hmm. And you go out and you find you don't you, you don't want to find a. I mean, maybe you do. Maybe you do want a left-footed right winger to play in the same fashion as him. Um, but I think it would be better to find, and not saying that this is what Christopher is arguing for, but go find a complimentary piece for Bowanga. 
what is it yeah. that works best with him for the next three to four years? Like, dump all your money in that. That's that's yeah. what I think. But and again, yeah. it's you can collect talent or you can build around the one guy you know is a sure bet at this moment. Yeah. Yep. Right. And given given that we're not entire, you know, like we've seen teams that have collected a ton of talent and it, it doesn't like Atlanta's perfect example, right? That their roster costs yeah, ten million dollars more than LAFC, but it just doesn't look competent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can find a guy that complements your your sure thing, I think that's where you got to go. Yeah, right. And Vela could still have a role again. It just it won't again. And I think the team knew this is not it. He's not. There wasn't going to be another big contract after this, so he had to get his his while he could. Um, you know, I think we were, I think we're all a little bit shocked at the length of the contract that he signed with the extension. I do wonder what mechanisms are built into it that we just don't know about at this point. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I have faith that the front office has a plan, you know, yeah, like we've, we've learned our lesson in that case, but again, well, it doesn't mean that we can't be skeptical in the moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I do like the idea of finding another role for him. I think if you, for example, just spitballing, if you find a number nine that you like that will work well with, with Bowanga for whatever reason, right, and you still want to play out of a four-three-three, you can push those two forwards higher and use Vela as kind of a tweener when it comes to midfield and forward, right? And you're kind of playing this offset four-four-two thing. That's fine. It, you don't, it doesn't have to be a perfectly symmetrical look, right? Sometimes that works to your advantage. Um, but if you give Boanga a guy that you, that he can combine well with, then it might even take some of the, some of the pressure off of Villa and help him squeeze a few more drops out of, uh, out of his legs or whatever it is, right? He can, he can be more effective. I mean, Zidane effectively did that with Isco for like mm. on the, on the road to what three champions leagues, you know? And the guy never seemed to fit, right? Kind of in the same thing where it's like, you know, but w- allow him to float and create underneath while having three midfielders underneath him that just be- give you support. And it's essentially a 4-4-2 diamond with a destroyer at the base. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad shout. Yeah. All right, Christopher, again, we need a number nine badly. Vela either needs to be downgraded to a TAM deal or he needs to go. He can't be a DP anymore. If Duenas isn't ready to start, he sure is close. The kid can ball. Uh, things that I like about Eric Duenas that I saw tonight specifically. When a ball's in the air, he's checking his shoulder to look t- who's around. Where am I going to win this ball to? Right? Where's the space that I can win this ball in? And he'll check his shoulder. There's a guy on my right. I'm going to take a touch to my left. Or I have a teammate over here. It's going to be headed away. And then it's like, create a little bit of space for the next pass and boom, the ball's gone. Like he's, he's such an effective uh, midfielder because he just moves the ball. He doesn't feel like if somebody gives him a bunch of space, he'll take it. He's more than happy to take space when it's given to him. But if not, he's just going to keep the ball moving until we create more space, get it back and then drive it forward again. Um, What's that old saying about rivers that, uh, or the difference between rivers and lakes, right? Rivers are always flowing and giving to new bodies of water. Mm-hmm. And so the water's like 
cold and refreshing and good to drink. And then like the Dead Sea, for example, is not potable because it doesn't give, right? It's just a dead end, right? Um, so that's kind of, that's an analogy that I, that I love to, to use when I think about midfield play, especially. But yeah, and I mean, Dwayne's has it. Yeah. And he's, and again, I think at, at minimum, he's, he's in the rotation, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and I think he's also simultaneously made your job, made the front office's job of trying to add to this roster easier by being able to step up into that role. And again, that's the mark of what it, of really what it takes to win an MLS is to be able to have academy guys step in and, mm-hmm. and raise the floor, right? While simultaneously keeping the ceiling as high as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, like I said, whereas in the past, once we got past our first three midfielders, the, you know, the seemed like the support fell out. Now, right, once you get past your first three, right, you go, you know, we started Tillman, Ilya and Acosta, you know, you still have Duenas, you still have Sifu, you have Bogus who can contribute, right? So you're, you know, five deep. Yeah. You know, when we thought it may have been, you know, one. The last thing I'll say about Duenas as well is like, he doesn't look overmatched physically. Like that kid is in the midfield, winning balls all over the place. Like he's, he's not going to get out muscled. Um, and like, that's incredible for a kid that one is really small and two is just literally a kid. Yeah. Right. I mean, it seems like he has a very good understanding of what his strengths are, right? Like yeah. he's not going to, he's not going to, he's not going to try and win headers. Right. Mm-hmm. But what he does seem to do really well is jockey for space, create space around him, keep the ball in tight, in, in tight windows, yeah. you know, all the little, you know, what, what works for him he's done you know he's worked on those to work to perfection right or you know or to you know to give him an advantage as opposed to trying to do you know again he's doing exactly what's expected of him not anything outside the realm that i think would probably hurt more than help Mm -hmm. so yeah one final kudos to duenas himself and to todd saldana for bringing a good academy product through Next one, Monster Twins at Katie's Monster. Who was the ball genius in their goal? He was their lord and savior. Without him, LAFC would have won. Yeah, I mean, Guzan, Guzan had plenty of good saves. Was LAFC too predictable and, you know, making making sure that uh, those shots weren't always coming from the most dangerous areas? Sure, but he he had a great game. Yeah, so I mean, he looked, it was a throwback time for him, right? But, you know. We also, you know, I don't think LAFC, they did him quite a few favors in terms of how they approach it as well. Yeah. All right, next one, Lex at three deuce, five deuce. We can't run it back like this. Not good enough. We need to figure out, figure this out ASAP because he's taking up a deal, because he's taking up a DP spot as we clearly talked about Carlos. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm, I, at this point, I'm not even worried about running it back. Like I, there's, LAFC are in a great position for this season. Like you can easily, easily wind up with buys and home field advantage in the playoffs. Like you can take this, you can win the shield this year. You can, you can go for another double, right? So I'm all about figuring it out ASAP. 
and like Josh and I talked about throughout the show, it's, it's probably one or two moves that puts you right back in contention. I guess now with Palencia being out, like Josh mentioned, you might need to find some fullback depth unless Chiellini is going to come back and long, you know, is able to have his stitches removed and come back. Uh, if you haven't seen the picture, uh, I retweeted it. I can't remember who shared the, the who shared it first. I'm sorry for not being able to give you credit, but uh, quite the gash he's got on his forehead. So I, I know that Maldonado can place him right back. We've seen Mario do it, and the way that he's getting forward, I, I wouldn't mind if he's your third guy, and you can really count on your other center backs. But yeah, uh, a couple moves in the summer, and we know that LAFC is capable of putting those together. So. Uh, Corey at we don't post ever. How different is this team with Chicho at the nine? I mean, he's on it. He's on everybody's mind because he signed with RSL today, but Josh. Yeah. I mean, again, I think it's like we talked about with the current game model, when you just add just a little bit extra quality and the, the it just, the top three just create a ton, a ton more chances again, just by sheer quality alone in in absence of a guy like that, right? It's going to inevitably drop off, especially if you don't have another guy to support it. Now, Tillman, you know, to his credit, looked like that guy that was going to be able to help push that, you know, push into the half space and create a little warning and scored a couple goals already this season. So, you know, again, I think there's potential. I just haven't seen it in a month. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. With the, there's plenty of uh, regular season MLS games to watch this month. So, LAFC Luke, do we have a striker problem? The answer is yes. Did Sifu redeem himself tonight? Redeem is a strong word, but he was. It was one of those games. Sifu is a very inconsistent player, right? And sometimes he has these games. Last year he had an entire month where he played like this, and other times it's like he'll disappear. Uh, is Vela already retired? I'm going to leave that one for Josh. And how glad are we to have Mario back on defense again? Yeah. So, yeah, and like you touched on Sifu, he's, he is who he is, right? Like the highs are the high and the lows are, can be quite low. It's just a matter of catching, catching it at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, has Vela retired? Again, I, I, don't, I, I hate to be as, <laughs> as harsh as I would like to be on this one because, again, the I want L Tree fans have been saying that he's retired since he left Arsenal. It's true. It's true. Right. So it depends on what you're on, on, on what we expect. Um, again, and if our expectations are 2019, you know, again, we're not going to get that. Ship is um, yeah. Can he be extremely effective in the right role? I still think I still think so. But again, yeah. the question is, can we figure out what that is and then build the team around the actual number one guy at this point in Puanga? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Vince at Viva Photos. Duaneus looked fantastic. Again, uh, we, we hit this one, but we we always appreciate when other people see it too, right? Tom Camilleri, I've been doing some thinking and I've got some ideas to improve the team. Whenever uh, Denny is not on the ball, all the other players should be asking, where's Denny? Vela's missed pass to Buke in the middle after the PK was just as brutal. 
but Duaneus looks like a player. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I to be honest, Tom, I I kind of feel like they do that too much with Bowanga, mm-hmm. where it's just like get the everything goes through him. In the it, at halftime, they showed a graphic, and Taylor was make Taylor Twelman was making a big deal out of it, rightfully so. Sixty-one percent of the attacks were going down the left wing because that's where he was, and it's like, yeah. guys, guys, we've got to balance this out a little bit because it's just like get the ball to him, see what happens. Get the ball to him, see what happens. Um, and if it's not him, it's get the ball to Opoku, see what happens over there. Like, it's just, oh uh, man, I. I mean, let's put it this way. Since you know, since I watched, we you know, you and I watched that game in Arizona, you know, in the I think it was Bonga's debut. Yeah, right. It was. Yeah. Um, since that that day, every LAFC fan has been enthralled with watching Bonga. Yeah. Right. The problem is we don't need the rest of the team to be just as enthralled as we are. <laughs> Yeah. Because again, what it what it's tending to look like is, you know, two thousand six Lakers where Kobe's you know scoring fifty one points a game, but everyone else is doing jack squat. Yeah, right. You remember the scene so, in The Incredibles where Mister Incredible pulls up and the kid on the big wheel pulls up at the same time. And he's like, Mister Incredible's like, what do you want? Like, why are you just staring at me? What do you want me to do? And the kid goes, I don't know, something amazing, right? Or something incredible, whatever he says. Like that's that's what I'm reminded of sometimes where it's just like, oh, Bowanga's got the ball. Let's see what he does with it. Right. And it's like sometimes it'll work out and sometimes yeah. it doesn't. I mean, he is that good. But he it's is. also he is it's also the fastest way to you know, again, but when he doesn't, it it looks really stagnant. Well, it's a very easy thing to defend because you just mm-hmm. put two guys on him, right? which leaves a free man somewhere else. But if nobody's making supporting runs, if nobody's coming up from the midfield to, to force them into a two V two, at least when they double them up, then now they're, now we're going to have problems. I mean, this was what late 2019 Carlos Vela, right. was kind of the same thing, right. After the first two thirds of the season where Vela's ripped everyone's shreds that last, third of the season he kind of came back to earth because they were just sticking a midfielder on top and a you know defensive midfielder and a fullback on top of him at all times and dared Rossi and and Rodriguez yeah. to do something with it mm-hmm. you know we've seen yeah. it before it's just you know and the question is Bob refused to change anything resulting in him leaving you just hope that Toronto doesn't make the same mistake yep all right, next is at Daniness. Bowanga needs to take the pens from now on. Uh, yes, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I, take him from Vela. Good luck because he's the captain, he's the leader. He earned the penalty tonight. I get it. And I, I know I'm almost 100% positive that that's not how Chirondolo handles these kind of things, given the fact that even in a shootout, he lets the players pick who's going to shoot and what order they go in. Um. I don't think he's going to stop Carlos from taking them, but. Uh, I mean, you, what you, you just, yeah, you just hope that he encourages him to do exactly what Twelman said, right? Which is just hit it with conviction. Yeah. Right. And it's the one thing that when Carlos misses, that's what never feels like is the case. Nope. Right. It's always trying to be cute. It's always trying to be cute. And, 
the Guzan got him on the first penalty. He jumps to the right. Now he jumps off the line, so they have to take it again. But that's why Carlos shoots left because Guzan baited him into it, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the next one, he blasted over the bar. So like the fact that like that stutter step is working again, like actively working against him, as opposed to just like you know one more thing to think about and whatever. But that's it's just it's just not good. It's just not good, man. Um. All right. Next one's from Q Cardi. Good job neutralizing that Almada kid and the Greek machine. Mario has to put the team on his back because that false nine or whatever they tried didn't work out. So he said, have you heard of the false center back? <laughs> and ran with it. Even Maldonado tried it. Other than that, Stipe, uh, uh, Stipe man uh, with like a shaky emoji and Vela Tam. Yeah, I mean, Stipe had, you know, plenty of opportunities, uh, not always the greatest decisions, very young, um, and I haven't seen enough of him to start drawing conclusions, to be honest. Like, I know, I know, I said the same thing about a Poco. I think they're probably the same age, but, um, you know, and then he, but then at the end, he gets on the ball and he creates a huge chance right at the spot for Bowanga, who puts it in the stands as well. And Vela Tam, again, common theme for tonight. I mean, I think Stipe does a good job of creating finishing is a whole different story. Yeah, yeah. All right, Ben Cox at Sir Bensington. What helps the team more? Sifu's inconsistent, or what hurts the team more? Excuse me. Sifu's inconsistency, Vela as a DP, Opoku's first touch, set-piece takers, no striker, Bawanga hero ball. <laughs> um, all of the above, but honestly, I think it's the Bawanga hero ball is probably the most detrimental, right? Because you look at all the all the other things that he listed, this Sifu's inconsistency. You have Tillman, right? So you have depth that they can play off each other and you can ride the hot hand, right? right? Um, a first touch. What are we asking him to do? You know, be, like, be a monster in the press and get in behind. Yeah. yeah, you're also, you know, like, and so you're also asking a five foot guy, five foot five guy to, you know, to play hold up ball, you know, to hold up the ball. It's, you know, it's not always going to work well, right? Mm-hmm. And again, like the you know, at the rate of speed, you know, again, it's if if he had that touch, he'd probably be in Europe, right? Yeah, because he has a, he has a lot of other attributes that work really well in his favor, right? And then, like I said, Vela. And like I said, we're talking about maybe the I think this the game plan and the role can be shifted to make it more effective, right? Again, it, it hurts because of the amount of money, but you still have a third DP spot. And again, I think it's a management of your money, you know, that the question has become what what's important, right? I think for Turnlow, having that defensive stability is probably his his focus, which again, you get a lot of you have a lot of draws. We still only lost one game in league. Right. So, yeah, I mean, so I think last, but the last one, it hurts because it it really just throws off any semblance of an attack. Yeah, I, I think I think Vela's ADP having no striker and Bawanga here ball all actually go together. I don't mm. I don't I see them as I see them as symptoms of the same or maybe no striker and Bawanga here ball as a symptom of Vela's ADP. Right, where you can't go sign a striker that you really like. You had one that you kind of liked, apparently, but not 
really because he didn't press correctly, I guess, with Chicho. Um, so you don't have a striker, right? And so Boanga feels like he has to do everything because Vela's not doing it anymore. But anyway, uh, Lionel Hutz, not sure what position actually fits Bogic. He's not really a winger. He's definitely definitely not a striker. I initially was more impressed by him than Buke, but starting to feel like Mati is lost in our system where Stipe puts himself in the right position. I don't know. I definitely don't think he's a false nine. I think this idea that you can just take a guy that's an attacking midfielder and put him as a false nine is absurd because you're just playing a 4-4-2 diamond at that point. Like, just play that. And don't, don't do this silly game where he's also got to get forward and find space to attack because the wingers are going to play as wingers if you do that, right? So if you're going to, if you're going to have a guy that's not really a false, that's not really a nine play false nine because he's actually an attacking midfielder, go put two actual like strikers in front of him. Uh, I, I think he's a midfielder when I watch him drive the ball, when I watch him in tight spaces, when I see him picking up his head and finding new space to run to, or or new passes to make, I, I think he's a midfielder who can play as a winger. He's a bit of a tweener, right? But um, put him put him in the midfield. That's fine with me. Yeah, I mean, he's probably mm, an 8 slash 10, but leans on the 10. Yeah, yeah. He's not, I mean, he's not really, like, if you put him in a 4-2-3-1 where he's not, like, trying to get into zone 14 all the time. Right. He's yeah. he's like, that's the kind of, that's the kind of winger. I think he's, he is, but somebody who's pulled farther back more like a wide midfielder, but again, so he's Christian Roldan. No, nah, I, I mean, I think that's, yeah, I think there are better examples than Christian Roldan of guys that do that. But job, I mean, that sure. position. Yeah. Yeah. That, that role that he plays there is mm-hmm. probably the one that would suit him best. Right. Where, yeah. you know, like, you have another guy off the other side that's going to be more direct where he's the guy that's a little bit more reserved and can, you know, do different things. Yeah. Okay. Um, Somber Amarath, disorganized and cohesive and incoherent. The team came out looking for individual catharsis in a show. Desperately need a nine so that all our other players can focus on their natural positions and ultimately be more effective. I mean, I, uh, especially that, that piece about the nine, I, I, I have to agree. Like, unless they're just going to overwhelm you with three dominant forwards, like you talked about, Josh, then have a guy that at least plays that position. Yeah, I mean, I guess we got to be careful what we wish for because then they go sign Danny Musovski again. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping this Bayern Munich partnership comes comes into play here, <laughs> we'll see. and all our problems are solved. We'll see. Uh, Darmalia, all respect to Vela, but Bawanga needs to take the penalties. Uh, Duaneus earned his spot. Good to see our boys playing on the front foot after that CCL loss. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that alone goes to show you where this team is at and that they're not just going to roll over and die, right? The fact that they come off that loss. Vela and penalties we talked about. Duaneus we talked about. Uh, Alan Kine. Okay, I'll I'll ask it in face wrath. Oh, is Dolo actually a good coach or just lucky with the roster? We're predictable, confused, sloppy, and lack notable adjustments, poor judgment, and decisions. We lack ideas, meaningful subs. Oh, and we don't score one, two of last nine in all competitions. But dang, is that true? The Bob Bradley burner account right here. 
uh, is that crazy talk. So I, I do think I do think he makes good adjustments. Josh and I were talking about the Leon game and like what they needed to adjust at, and he went in at halftime and adjusted. Now, granted, uh, it was himself that got him, like he got himself in that trouble by going out with the you know three four three ish thing that he did, uh, and he adjusted at halftime, made it, and you know got it back to where it was kind of working again. Um, I thought his adjustments today made us more dangerous again. Uh, I think he is a good coach. I think you're right to point out the fact that like the attack isn't all that unpredictable and it can look sloppy. Like that's, that's fine. And we, we, we kind of talked about what needs to be tweaked probably. Oh, the the favorite word of all AFC fans, Kirk, the, the, the tweak. Oh, that was unintentional. Whoops. Right. <laughs> you know, but you know, let's put it this way. Being a good coach isn't about tactics alone, right? The fact that half this team hasn't quit on him the way that it did, you know, like look at Toronto, right? And what that's become because you just can't effectively man-manage the team. You know that that is probably where his strengths lie. Um, yeah. At, at, you know, in terms of like, what you, if you were to say, what is his best? What is Steve's best strength? Is he does a good job of making sure that he's not the focal point, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and inserting himself in these situations, um, because again, I think in a league that's constructed in the way it is, and this is where you know, it kind of goes to his point before about the way that the league is structured, right? Your your top three guys should have enough quality to beat down a, a, to beat teams that are of lesser quality, yeah. right? Because that's that's how the salary cap the salary is structured, and so you have to be. I think his formula works really well for the league because it it understands that you have to be solid and you have to let those three guys who are going to have a qualitative advantage go to work. Now, we don't have three guys that have a qualitative advantage at this point. We have one. Right. So I think his ability to make meaningful substitutions is hampered at the current, you know, with the current roster structure. And so, again, this is where he may have to get a little creative to make it work a little bit better, given how things have changed until JT is able to make a move that can move the needle one way or the other. Right. Um, And again, I think I think that there's. There's possibilities there. We just have to see, you know, again, you you. I am, but I do think that he's, but you know that Trendelow has earned, earned that, earned that. He's earned enough respect for me to wait and see, right? Oh, because I do absolutely, because right? I do, I do think what he's done is conducive to winning in this league, and he's figured that out in a hurry. The question just becomes, does it all fall into place the way that it did last year, or does it not? quite hit and that happens right it's like mls is built as a league of parody for a reason right the it's question is yeah it's not it's not <laughs> ideal nor so do we think it's yeah 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 not yeah. being is correct but you know so but again in you know like in the like in in the nba it's supposed to be a league of parody but two teams have won half the championships right so you know there there are opportunities to work yourself within it if you play it smart, but you have to have a cohesive 
group from top to bottom, you know, from the top of, you know, from the ownership all the way down to the last player in the field, you have to be on the same page. And I think LAFC has done a masterful job of doing that. So until I see cracks in the foundation, you know, I don't, I think the team is still on the right track. And I think Trendolo is the right guy to keep them there. Yeah. I think I figured out what they need to do, Josh. All their big signings, most of them, I should say, come in on TAM deals, right? Because it's half a season. You can go get a DP striker on a TAM deal right now. Whoever mm-hmm. it is, Bobby Firmino, just placeholder, right? Not that it's going to be him. Um, on a TAM deal because it only, you know, only half his salary counts against you because it's coming in halfway through the season. Vela con- Vela's contract is up, I think, at the end of the year, right? Mm-hmm. Or you renegotiate whatever it is. So it's a it's a TAM contract now with the promise of a DP contract afterward. You can still go get your young DP in the midfield or whatever you do, if it's another winger to be the replacement for Carlos, whatever it is. But I think if that if it's me, that's what I do. And again, we know J- JT makes it happen in the summer window. So um, that's... That's what I do. And then the point, even if it is, even if Dolo is lucky with a good roster, it's a good roster. So fine. Yeah. Like let him, I let mean, him manage it. Good, good organizations. I mean, winning organize, you know, winning teams are not just based on a good coach, right? We have seen great coaches lose games because the organization yeah, yeah. is dysfunctional. Right. There's one for Andrew Medina, right? Yeah. Zinedine Zidane. And Carlo Ancelotti, right? Not exactly like tactical masterminds. Good, of course. Not trying to downplay their their quality as coaches or anything, but like, what's their real skill that people really point to? Right, man management. They're able to manage a bunch of egos and make them fit together. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah. Okay, last one here. Josh is from Al Hampton at Culver City. Al. That was an exciting game. LFC could have let uh, could have let down so close to the CCL loss. It's good to get a point and still have games in hand. Can't win them all, and that's what makes the ones we do even sweeter. Um, I'm good with the point. I'm yeah. good with the point. I don't I'm, need to I'm, lose to feel joy when I win. I don't. Absolutely. I'm I'm happy to leave this one on a positive note. Yeah. You know, Al, yeah, good absolutely. on you, man, for for being the last one to tweet at the show because, again, I do think that this one deserves it deserves it right like i'm i'm happy to feel better about the direction of the season after you know a relatively devastating loss in the final right so would have i have loved three sure right but is this is this a step in the right direction i think so yeah yeah absolutely okay you can follow the show at counterpress underscore you can follow me at kirk kinsey josh i'll see josh on twitter And we will talk to you all next time. Thanks for listening.